Inside the Healing Room with Evangeline Hemrick. Hello, my friends. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited because Inside the Healing Room is growing and changing, and I've got lots of information to share with you. What I've been doing over the last few months since I started to, I have this podcast, of course, I've had it for a while, for those of you who've been with me, but I started a more spiritually focused podcast as well, so that I could just kind of experiment and see what are people more into? What are the people who enjoy my podcast? What do they want? Um, Scared to Sacred is the one that I have created now, and so that I have two very different shows. Now I'm able to take Inside the Healing Room more in the direction that I wanted to. You might have noticed I've been doing a lot of interviews with inspiring practitioners, scientists, therapists, um, all kinds of healers from every realm. (laughs) So I'm going to continue to do that. I want to bring you bright, shining lights in the holistic healing and wellness industry because I really want to fortify holistic entrepreneurs to not just make it, not just survive during these changing times, but I want you to thrive and I want your healing business to heal you first and foremost. So there's going to be some some coaching, um, professional coaching for therapists, estheticians, practitioners. I, you know, my background, of course, is massage therapy, aesthetics, and energy healing. But that's not at all um, what the show is going to be limited to. Like, for instance, today I have my friend Aaron LeBauer, and he is uh, an extraordinary physical therapist. And he's so different in his approach, and he inspires me, and I really envision that massage therapists and physical therapists come together more, especially in the times that we're in where we're all kind of rethinking what's working in our businesses and how we want our practices to be. I find Aaron to be quite inspiring. He is a doctor of physical therapy, certified massage therapist. He is a yoga teacher. He's the owner of LeBauer Physical Therapy with his wife, Andra. They own LeBauer Physical Therapy in Greensboro, North Carolina. And a little bit about Aaron, after seeing 43 patients in one day as a physical therapy student, he knew he could not treat patients effectively in the insurance model. So he's on a mission to save 100 million people from unnecessary surgeries, which is so cool from a massage therapist standpoint. And since 2013, his coaching business, LeBauer Consulting, has helped thousands of passionate physical therapists launch similar businesses, and scale their time, income, and impact. So I'm really excited to bring him on the show because I'd love to see therapists and, um, you know, in all sense of the word, come together and there be unity in how we treat our clients and patients. Because I know through the years seeing my clients come in and a lots of times just being confused about their physical therapy. So. Um, I love his take on things. I love his approach. And he's just quite inspiring. So enjoy this interview with Aaron LeBauer. And if you like the podcasts where I talk a lot, 
about a lot of different subjects, you can always hear me yammer on on Scared to Sacred podcast, where we are taking things that are scary and transmuting them for effectiveness and personal power. And also check out my book because I wrote the book, True Calling, The Successful Hands-On Healer. I really wrote it from my heart for all kinds of therapists and spa technicians, practitioners of all kinds. It's not just for massage therapists. It's full of meditations and mindset exercises to take your practice to the next level and heal yourself at the same time. So you can check that out on Amazon, True Calling, The Successful Hands-On Healer by Evangeline Hemrick. Enjoy my friend, Aaron. Aaron, thank you so much for being with me today. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. I think that it's a good conversation to have uh, about the relationship between massage therapists and body workers and physical therapists, and also Mm -hmm. for clients, you know, for people who receive body work or people out there who will receive or have received physical therapy, I would love for them to get to know you and hear about what you do. Tell us what you do. Well, I am a massage therapist turned doctor of physical therapy, and I am the owner of LeBauer Physical Therapy here in Greensboro, North Carolina. I also help other physical therapists grow their businesses as well. And what we do here in Greensboro is we help active people stay fit, healthy, mobile, and strong without pain meds, injections, or surgery. And I would love to hear what got you into the wellness business and healing. Did you have like a healing story or an aha moment yourself? Yeah, a couple of them. It's been a long time, but when I was in high school, my brother was racing bicycles and I was like, I want to my younger brother can't do something better than me. So I started riding bicycles with him. And I think there was a, a time, I want to say, when, in high school, my mom got us massages with a local massage therapist. Probably when I was 16, that was my first massage. But I think it was my first summer racing bikes full-time, which wasn't, I got to a point where I was uh, racing pro-am races. And so full-time there was different. But I probably did 20 something races and I was riding four or five days a week and I was like, Mom, my legs really hurt. And she was like, you should get a massage. And I was like, really? <laughs> and I was like, oh. And I had a, had a massage and one of the guys who was my mentors was also to get a massage from this guy who would travel to some races. And, and I just had, my legs hurt. And I had this massage and I felt so much better riding my bike the next day. And after that, I was like, wow, there's something really to this. So that was kind of the first um, opportunity. And the second one was when I went to school, I thought I was destined to be a physician and I was pre-med and the first night of um, organic chemistry didn't really jive with me. So between there and massage therapy, it was quite a distance, but I had an epiphany one day. I'd been to, I'd been exposed to massage and I had this epiphany one day. I was like, well, I could do what I want, <laughs> which is help people use my hands and race bicycles if I go to massage therapy school. And so that was the, um, that was the next moment. I had been working as, as a bike messenger, not able to race bikes, not able to like really have some kind of career where I was helping other people. And so massage therapy uh, was the answer to that. And was it just like a, a natural process, like evolution of going more into becoming a physical therapist after massage? Sort of. It was one of those 
moments where I had built up a massage therapy practice out in San Francisco. And I was already doing advanced body work and working with people who had been injured and had tried massage and PT and chiropractic, et cetera. And they tried surgeries and medications. They're like, Aaron, you're the first one to touch me where I hurt. You're the first one who's been able to help me or find that spot. And my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, was like, you should become a physical therapist. And I was like, no, I don't need to. Because at the time in California, people tweaked their back. They were like, well, I got to go to my massage therapist. But we ended up moving out of California and back to North Carolina. And once we got here, the opportunity to go to PT school and kind of answer the problems I was having, which was, I can help people get better, but what next? Or how do I actually tell someone it's only going to take five visits or it's only going to take 15 or man, this is going to take a year. I didn't have that ability to do that as a massage therapist. So to go back to PT school and also, you know, basically become Dr. LeBauer was really powerful and was worth every difficult moment along the, along the journey. I really like how inclusive it is with you and with your practice. I want to talk more about your healing mm-hmm. practice and your wellness business because it's so congruent and married physical therapy and massage therapy. And I really love that. I want to talk about that with you because sometimes it feels like us on our side of, you know, the massage therapy end of things. And then maybe a client is going to PT for a particular reason, but lots of times everything feels really disjointed. And I love Mm -hmm. how you fuse it all together. How do you feel about that? Oh, I absolutely agree because no one really knows what physical therapy is. And their number one experience with it is like post-surgical rehab or physical terrorists, which is, you know, something I heard when I was 10, 15 years ago, and I was like, I'm not going to go do that. And they just treat a condition or a body part and not the person. And what we do is we treat the whole person. So we look at the whole, not just the whole body. We look at their activities in the clinic and outside the clinic. I love that. And for people out there, you know, if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking, you know, like, I wonder if I need some physical therapy too. I like Mm -hmm. your approach. Like you said, different than like, if somebody's just kind of thrown into a situation, like maybe they were in an auto accident or something. And all of a sudden, they're like on this assembly line of going to see people and they're not really sure. And then they come to see me and they're like, I don't know, I had some dry needling and it really hurt. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't really know. What do you say to people out there that are like, I need to know, like, is this, is physical therapy for everybody? How, how, what's your approach on this? I think that as a physical therapist, I can help everybody, but not everyone wants my help, (laughs) right? Even when I was doing massage, it's like, you know, I couldn't help people unless they were ready. Now, what we do here that's different than what most people experience and even what I was able to do as a massage therapist is you come in and you say, hey, in Dr. Bauer, my shoulder hurts, my neck hurts, or whatever it is, but I've tried all these other things and it hasn't worked. Okay. Well, one, we sit down and find out more about it and what's it keeping them from doing. But the next piece is, is we go to work and our detective work is about figuring out which body part is it because pain in the neck isn't just from your kids. It can be from your back or your hips. We also want to find out, is it really a mobility problem? Like, is it really that the joint or body part doesn't move well? Or is it that the person 
has a nervous system that's kind of shut down movement to the joint and body part areas protected. So when we find that, we do that protective work, and it's much easier for us to spend time with people, and they understand exactly why we're doing what we're doing. And so when we spend time with people in that way, that makes a huge difference versus let me just see if I rub it or press on it or I move it or make you exercise it helps. And that's more of like a, a guessing game. And I want to also say that I think with massage therapy, a lot of people turn to massage therapy to manage their persistent pain and injuries because physical therapists and physicians have let them down because they haven't touched them. They haven't acknowledged that there's problems and they've just kind of said, oh, well, we treat all bursitis issues the same way. Not everyone needs to can be treated the same way as everyone's eating. Does that make sense? It does. And it sounds very empowering to me. Like you involve the patient like all along the way in their own body awareness healing process. And like, say they come to see you, you know, somebody's like, well, okay, I think I need some physical therapy. You also have a staff of massage therapists, correct? Right. How, How big is your team at this point? Right now we have a physical therapist and two massage therapists. And um, we've got Amber, our patient care specialist. And then I'm not treating patients right now, but I'm managing the business and growing the business. If I need to, I'd step in there. But that's kind of where we're at uh, at this moment. I've had residents come through and other people come through. Right now, we're at a really good place with our team. And I like the self-care empowerment that I see you guys offering on social, like um, yoga. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you guys offer yoga training there? We do. We do private yoga, we do health coaching, we do mindfulness training, uh, we do massage therapy, with physical therapy, we also do performance training. So um, Dr. Herzog, is, she's a record-holding power lifter, so she trains people in strength and power lifting, and we do quite a few different things. And that's the funny thing is that phys- everyone thinks physical therapy is just post-surgical rehab, but really what we do is we can look at movement and help people optimize it. And sometimes movement is causing pain and sometimes it's just keeping them from doing things as well as they'd like. And I really like that about you. I want to talk to you about like your other business because you have a mind for business. You are a healer at heart, <laughs> but you have that that healing side and then you have the good business skill side. And I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's something I'm passionate about is I see a lot of really gifted holistic healers, practitioners that, you know, they've been honing their craft. Business is not necessarily where it's at for them. And what do you do or how did you how did you become so good at the business side and you help people in that way too, right? Yeah. And it is and I do. I help people in business and I I realized um I think it was a while back. So when I was in San Francisco, if, if anyone listening, if you're from North Carolina, you ever thought, well, Asheville's oversaturated with massage therapists. Everyone and their mother is a massage therapist in San Francisco, at least when I was living there. And, but the difference was some people didn't actually treat, you know, patients and some people, you know, did. But so, but making yourself stand out, let me go back to my school that I went to encouraged us to start businesses and gave us business training as part of our massage therapy training in both of the two semesters that we that we were there. And in order for me to build that as my business and 
create income for myself. It wasn't enough for me living in San Francisco to work only in a spa and getting to, and, and relying on tips in the 20 something dollars per hour wage that we received. And so I had to figure out how do I get people to come into my business, especially because my rent was so high, I was kind of forced into it. And that was over 20 years ago. And so the interesting thing is, is my brain, I have two parts of my brain. I have like the healing side of my brain and the business side. And I, it's hard for me to do both those in one day. But I got to a point where I realized in order to share my gifts as a healer with people, I have to actually get in front of them and have them know that I exist. And then once they know I'm here, I have to be able to get them to come in, pay for services and agree to some kind of plan of care. Yeah. And I can totally relate to what you're saying. I mean, so many, mm-hmm. so many really talented therapists out there that right. they haven't had the support. They haven't had the training. They might be really strong and dominant in that side of their brain. That's the giving, mm-hmm. the nurturing, you know, the, the art of it. So what do you, what do you offer? Like, I know you do coaching and business consulting, like for other physical therapists. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mostly physical therapists. I have some people come through that are like occupational therapists, chiropractors, massage therapists, et cetera. I do quite a different things. I've got a lot of free resources. I've got a, a book, podcast, a blog, a Facebook group with 5,300 people in it. I also do, I have online, a couple online courses and I have a in-person mastermind group where we meet on a regular basis every month and in person three times a year. And that's for people that want to grow a business, but don't just want to build a job for themselves. They want to grow a business that creates even more impact than what they can do on their own. I love that. And I'm, I'm just such a fan of that. When I had taken my huge long retreat from social media Mm -hmm. and basically the internet altogether, I come back on and you're just like, shiny, you know, this bright light, like you're out there with your education and your videos. For anybody who's like, man, I'm more like, I'm, I'm, I'm really good in my room. I'm really good in my treatment room, but I don't want to put myself out there. Like I, I hear that a lot from mm-hmm. therapists and practitioners. What do you have to say to people that struggle with that? How did you overcome that? I think that the number one thing is that, yeah, if you, if you just have a a business and job for yourself, and it's just you. You know, a lot of times you could get your clients to do the work for you by testi- doing testimonials. And so people are like, well, it's hard for me to ask for testimonials in word of mouth. But really, to me, what it is is how can I've been doing? I've been doing this for a little over twenty years, and I realized about five or six years ago that I can only help so many people by myself. I can only help one person at a time. No more than, you know, if I saw 26 people a week, I was tired and worked. I was like, I don't want to see more than 26 people a week. You know, I'd rather see, you know, 14 or 15. But even if I'm doing that, I can only help so many people. And there's people every day, every week coming in and saying, Dr. Bauer, I was told I should never lift more than 35 pounds ever again. Or, or I can't believe you've got, you're walking, your arthritis is so bad. You know, I'm surprised you're still standing. I mean, all these things that I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and I can't make a difference in the world if I just kind of keep that to myself and I don't actually get out in front of people. And I have to be able to get in front of people to share what I know and what I've experienced is like actually possible for people. You know, we have to get out there and we have to, you know, get in front of people. And it's not easy, but it's to me what I think is necessary to change people's perception about their body. 
And how has this whole um, shutdown been for your business and your practitioners that work with you? What's going on with you guys right now? Yeah, over at the clinic, it's kind of tough. We're open. We are not open to in-person visits. So back in March, I had a really large in-person event for my coaching and consulting business was supposed to take place in Charlotte on the 20th and 21st. And so I was really focused on that leading up to it. And I ended up, I had to move that from in-person to virtual about a week ahead of time, which didn't leave me much time to look at the clinic. But we ended up that Sunday night deciding to close the in-person visits that Monday morning, which was, I think, uh, the governor of North Carolina enacted the stay-at-home order that Wednesday, I think, when they closed massage therapy. So we haven't seen, we canceled all our visits that week for massage and the following week, and we haven't had patients come in for massage since then. With physical therapy, we moved everyone to online video visits, and about 95% of our patients moved over, and we get really, we still get really great results on video, and it's actually a little surprising, and myself, and I knew we could do a lot. Dr. Herzog was actually pretty surprised at how well we can help people, even without touching them, which might deserve a little bit of uh of our time of our conversation. And so we are still seeing people and we're looking at it right now. We haven't started back with massage therapy, even though we're in phase two or in-person physical therapy, because we don't feel like it's in the best interest of our patients or our staff right now. And uh, we've been spending our time creating more resources for people to help people to doing free workshops for other community partners, creating online mobility and stretching courses and a, a course for CrossFitters, a course for women and moms who um, have e- problems that can be easily fixed, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. That's what we've been focusing on. What a great way to re-strategize and be resourceful. I love that. Mm-hmm. You guys like have taken a situation and made the best of it. And I can relate because I'm really enjoying doing more remote sessions now myself a um, lot more coaching and a lot more empowerment. I feel like mm-hmm. when I've got someone with me, if if it's either on Zoom or if it's over the phone, and I'm assisting them to be more empowered in their own healing process, this is a good thing. And tell me more about that, about how you're finding effectiveness in the non-touch therapies. Yeah. What's really interesting is right now our biggest objection is, well, you can't see me in person. And which everyone thinks like, well, all right, I need to be touched for in order to get help with my body and my pain. If I've been helped with massage before or physical therapy, that's been touch based, like that's what I need. But most of what we do with our patients is figure out. So it's not only touching them, it's in figuring out where the problem is and how to um, educate them to strategize it themselves. Because One of the big differences between massage therapy and physical therapy is massage is a wellness-based service, something that it's nice to get, and it it should be kind of like a, you know, if you feel like this is beneficial to you, like, let's make sure we do this on a regular basis. Where massage therapy picks up where physical therapy is lacking is the people that come to us, and massage is the only thing that helps them manage their persistence. So moving over to physical therapy, physical therapy is a You've got a, a pain condition, a mobility problem, some kind of dysfunction. Let me make, give you a plan to get from where you, a point A to point B where you don't need me anymore. Like, so my whole goal in physical therapy is you never need me. But from massage therapy, it was more like, 
let's make this a nice experience. And if we feel like a good fit, let's figure out how can we continue to work together over the course of the time. So with physical therapy, a lot of the patients we see and the problems people are struggling with are problems that we can get 80, 85% resolution with education and identifying exactly where the problem is. Like I explained earlier, it's what part of the body is it? Because a lot of times pain shows up in places where there's really not a problem. That's really just the, the area that's doing more of the work or that's taking up the slack for the other parts of the system. And there, so there's education, there's detective work, and then we send our patients or have them come pick up a roller, a Theracane, or some kind of band, and we show them how to use it at home so that they can self-manage and self-heal. Because I don't heal people. I give people um, the information and opportunity and, and kind of the piece that gives them that extra insight so they can heal themselves and fix themselves. That just sounds like the best definition of the differences between what massage therapy is and what physical therapy is. And once again, I hear mm-hmm. empowerment. It's you're putting them in the driver's seat of their own well-being. You're educating. Right. And you're not saying, oh, come to me, you know, and I'll fix you. It's like, no, we're going to be a team. We're your team, but you're the healer. You're your own mm-hmm. healer. I love right. that. Right. We like facilitate the heal by giving you kind of outside eyes into the problem. Because if I have neck pain, it feels like my neck's the problem. Especially if I go to urgent care or see a physician and tell them I have neck pain, they do an x-ray and they're going to, no matter whether I have pain or not, they're going to find something. And they're going to typically, if I have pain, relate it to my pain problem. Now I feel like it's my neck when really it's my mid-back that doesn't move well. So that's what we help people do is figure out where's the, where's the real problem, not just where are you feeling the, the problem in your life you know, or in your body. Well, what advice or words of wisdom do you have for practitioners that are just getting started out there? I think about, wow. I mean, if, if I was just getting started in a touch based Mm -hmm. way to make a living, you know, I feel for practitioners right now building their clientele, but I do feel like there's people like you that can shine a light on how to do it, how to be resourceful, how to be empowered. What wisdom do you have to share looking back over a couple of decades for somebody that is just getting started? Yeah, I think if someone's getting started today or right now or like they graduated in the last six months and they're like, what do I do? Be resourceful and figure out how can you help people besides just touching them, besides just being one-on-one and without them relying on you for their healing, where you can be the person that kind of helps them uh, transition or pivot rather than they rely only on you because then you're only relying on you, which means that if massage therapy is shut down, you don't have any work and people don't get any help. What we need to do is figure out how can we help people in multiple ways. One of them is by seeing me in person and touching you, but the other one is education, some kind of you know form of let me teach you how to do this yourself or let me teach you how to do this with a friend or partner, et cetera. I think there's a lot of different opportunities there and I'm, I'm pretty creative, but I think the listeners can think of like, what would be some other opportunities? And they might be supplements or other aligned uh, therapies like, you know, aromatherapy, et cetera. Like I don't actually have to be in person to teach aromatherapy. I don't have to touch someone to teach aromatherapy. That could be a great um, addition. And I know I have clients who use, use that for their in their PT practices too. Absolutely. 
And you're so right. If we build relationships and we continue to Mm -hmm. teach people that we work with how to take care of themselves, that only endears you to someone who that makes you trust that person even more. You have more of a relationship with that practitioner and they have handed you tools that you can use without them. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. And so to wrap up, anything else that you would want to say? I don't know. Like with your business, do you see specific patterns? Like, do you see things like, man, if people knew this one thing for self-care, I wish it was this or anything you want to end on as far as like for people who are trying to get more in tune with how to take care of their bodies and how to heal? Yes. I think that for therapists as well as for people, you know, if you if you're listening and you're like a patient or a client, I think the number one thing that I would like to share with you and for you to hear and explore is that words are much more powerful than we realize. And one of the biggest struggles that we have in our business is I kind of alluded to this before is that people come in and tell us that I've been told X, Y, and Z about my body. I've been told I have fibromyalgia. Now I am fibromyalgia. People, a lot of patients will all of a sudden take on the, like a personality around their diagnosis. But as a patient, you're not your diagnosis. And as a therapist, your words can be really powerful, even though you may feel like they're well-meaning. That words like telling someone, like I've heard this happen in a, in a yoga training I was at, is that they called chaturanga, which is the plank to push up movement. If, no one's, if you're not familiar with yoga, they called it the shoulder shredder. Well, there's nothing about yoga that's going to shred the shoulder or shred the knees or anything else. There's nothing about arthritis that's inherently dangerous. Yet what a lot of the medical community does and what we learn as massage therapists comes from them is that, oh, well, you've got this really bad thing inside of you. Like your this muscle is stuck or the even like the fascia is like is bound up and needs to be released for you to heal. Whether it does or doesn't, if someone doesn't feel like that that's changed, it will hold them back. And so with being empowering is also using words that empower people. You've probably heard me say persistent pain, which is a much more powerful word than chronic pain. Chronic pain elicits a, this is never going away. Persistent pain is something that says, this has just been around for a while. And by choosing different words, it can change like how what you say that is well-meaning lands for your patients or even for yourself. Because a lot of these patients who come to see us, or they've been to see massage therapists or chiropractors or PTs or physicians, they've been given no hope in a well-meaning statement. And it's like, it, it makes, some days I'm like, it makes my job hard. <laughs> but that's why I've had to stop, I've decided to stop treating patients to hire other people and help more people because I can't do that. I can't help change that one person at a time. One of the best resources out there, if, if someone is like, oh, that resonates with me. There's a book, it's called Why Do I Hurt by Adrian Lowe, L-O-U-W. I have no affiliation with Adrian, although his book for patients has helped us tremendously. And it would be worth reading and looking into it's what's called uh, pain science. And so some people can really on the far end of it, but it's really an active listening slash empowering form of uh, speaking to patients and helping them understand why they really are in pain. Pain is 
much more complex than just something on the inside is wrong. Oh my gosh, Aaron, drop the mic on that one. That is such a good point. I am so glad you brought that up because it really bugs me when I hear therapists telling their client, man, you're really tight, reinforcing Mm -hmm. that in the body, just listening and responding to every word that is said in a way that is frightening and disempowering. And you are so spot on that therapists have a lot of power in the words that they use with their clients. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Thank you for that. And I've always, I've always thought like, can I give you an example? Angela, sorry. Can I give you an example of how a massage therapist would kind of understand a different piece of this? Okay. So you know that patient that's come to see you and they're just like, they're tight. They're always tight. And they're like, after massage, I feel good. But they come and they're always tight and the knots are, in, I'll say in air quotes, the knots are always there. The muscles are always under tension. But yet they're also the person that is super extra flexible in yoga and they can like bend over and touch the floor and they're kind of like a, almost like a noodle. Do you know who I'm talking about? I certainly do. Right? So a lot of times the people that go to yoga are people like, I need more stretching because stretching helps. Good, but they're already flexible. What they really, and so if someone says, oh, you're really tight, you just need more massage, you're really tight. Well, that's, what we were taught in massage therapy school. So it would be unfair to me to say that that was completely wrong based on our knowledge. And what the, what people often need is more control over their movement, not more um, movement or softening of the tissue and not being able to turn my head or move my arm or move my body through its full available range of motion can create tightness because the muscles just want to stabilize me, but they, they're uncoordinated and that creates tightness. So that person, when I see them, needs specific corrective like exercise to retrain their nervous system. But if they came to a massage therapist, they would just feel really tight and they would, you know, just keep going. And that's kind of the, that, that's the detective work we do. But that's also where as a massage therapist, I didn't understand that. I didn't have the tools or the knowledge to help my patients with those kinds of problems. And what would you say to that client that always asks that question, like, am I really bad? I mean, am I really tight? What would your wording choice be back to that person? I would say this does feel tight and it's okay for it to feel that way. If you're able to do, go to yoga on a regular basis and work out, et cetera, without it being a problem. If it feels tight, that doesn't necessarily mean that it is tight. And I would kind of take them through a movement and show them like, hey, you see here standing up, you can't really turn your head. But if I lay you on your back, I can turn your head all the way. Or if you stand up and you can put your palms on the ground, but you sit down and you can't touch your toes, that's not a mobility problem. That's a stability problem. And I would take them through a real quick retraining exercise and show them the change. And those are some of the most drastic changes because it's not a mobility issue with a like motor control issue or a coordination of muscle muscle and joint movement. And you've just given them hope and their body yeah. is going to respond to that for sure. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason video works so well is because it's, it's education on what's wrong and doing the detective work. And the, if I do that, then the touch is even more powerful because I know where they need. I have like a, a much better idea of knowing where they need to get touched versus spending 
more time just touching everywhere, which hey, feels really great. But in a therapeutic setting, it's like I want to be like a, a detective and a sniper and spend as little amount of time as possible getting the results that the patients want. Being effective. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience and, and definitely good strategies for these unprecedented times that we're going into. You guys are still helping and educating and inspiring people to heal themselves. And I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for the work that you do and what you're sharing. And thank you for coming back out um, into public and sharing uh, your healing gifts with people. Well, you've been a great inspiration to me and you've, you've helped me be brave. <laughs> How do people get a hold of you, Aaron, if they want to learn more about you or they want to connect with you? If you want to kind of connect with us like on a therapeutic level, then check out our website. It's labauerpt.com, Labauer Physical Therapy. And we're on Instagram at labauerpt. If you're a therapist and you want to learn a little bit more about how do you share your gifts with the world, go to Instagram at Aaron Labauer, or you can go to AaronLabauer.com. Well, you keep doing the good work you're doing and, and sharing all your gifts with the world. And I hope you'll come back on inside the healing room and be with us again sometime. I'd love to. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. <laughs>